KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa. It's February 2nd, 2022, or 2222. I'm not sure if that's good luck or not because I don't know the whole thing about twos. There are a lot of people who put a lot of faith into the all twos or, you know, the palindrome number. So it's got to be a good day, right? Everybody make a wish at 222. All right. Rather than at 111 or at 1111. You, right. do, it at, you do it at 222. And we'll do it all over again on 22222. Unfortunately, I might be dating myself by saying this, but does anyone remember 9999 and how much of a big deal MTV made about that? I, I can't remember whether it was the movie awards or music video awards or whatever, but I just remember 9999 being a huge deal for whatever award show MTV was pumping. I might be alone in this. Anyone else remember that? I actually do remember those spots because that's right after my birthday in 1999. So I do remember those spots. They were everywhere. Just remember standing at the bus stop. It was like the first week of school talking with my friends, being like, hey, it's 9999. Got to watch MTV tonight. Um, I've talked about this before, guys. I, I grew up not too far outside Philadelphia, Center City proper in Cheltenham Township, Elkins Park. And I'm back in this area now, and I am super pumped because one thing I loved about city living, tapping into CSAs, it's going to be available near me now. Farmer John in Elkins Park, which I'm pretty excited about. I love that. I love urban farms. I love the ability to get like fresh food and support a local business right nearby. I think grocery stores are so overloaded with processed stuff that comes from far away. The more we can get local stuff, the better. We support all Johns here, including Farmer John in Elkins Park. And in a little bit, we're going to talk about a new grant from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that's helping that farm as well as other urban farms in the area. And unfortunately for farmers, though, Punxsutawney Phil did see his shadow today. That means six more weeks of winter. And I apologize to our friends over at NBC10, especially Steve Sosna, who they don't care much for this, for, for the groundhog. Brian, I think you're the one who who looked this up yesterday and found out that Punxsutawney Phil has been wrong like 60% of the time in the past 10 years. So, uh, you know, I'm going to actually be on the NBC 10 meteorologist side here and say, we shouldn't be putting too much faith in a groundhog. I mean, if you're going to trust a rodent, at least trust a squirrel, not a groundhog. I had no idea, though, that Jersey had its own groundhog. I felt like there's, I, I feel like I've known a lot about Jersey, but I did not know that it has its own groundhog. It feels very New Jersey to me. So this groundhog is called Milltown Mel. They do their own <laughs> ceremony in Milltown, New Jersey. And you know what? I actually actually feel bad making fun of this because, sadly, Milltown Mel passed away a few days ago, right before Groundhog Day. And so they can't do the ceremony this year. They're going to have to rely on good old Phil. It's a shame. Well, you did say they had their own groundhog, and unfortunately, there's a and reason why it's a past tense. they will find another one. I'm sure they will. You know, one of one of Mel's cousins is gonna gonna replace him or something. But I, not in time for today. I read about this earlier. There was a statement they made that apparently, when it happened, they didn't have a backup because apparently he did have babies, but the babies are too small to have been able to. And they're done all this. hibernating. They're all hibernating because you know it's cold outside. It's the winter. I'm not trying to come out here in this weather if I don't have to. And, you, yeah. and you're not going to bring little babies into this into this sort of thing. What I want to know is what do they do in Milltown, New Jersey, if Mel and Phil predict different things? Does I, that mean three more weeks of winter? 
I'd say four. Somewhere least, in the middle? At least four and a half. If, they, if We know how New Jersey and, and Pennsylvania, New Jersey and everybody tends to be, is that Jersey's always going to side with the Jersey guy. So if the Jersey guy, sa- if the Jersey guy says one thing, they're going to go in his direction. Shout out to the people from Jersey who are listening to this. It's going to be in a different <laughs> direction on, on this thing here. And now here's something with a little bit more evidence behind it than simply groundhogs. The city of Philadelphia is launching a pilot program that guarantees lawyers for tenants who are facing eviction in certain parts of North and West Philadelphia. Known fact, in eviction cases, the landlords usually have a lawyer and very often the tenants don't. So there's a little bit of an imbalance there. But the new Right to Counsel pilot project, part of the city's eviction prevention and diversion programs, is going to work on that. And to really understand the impact of this, our City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb spoke to a tenant who went through this, had to fight an eviction during the pandemic without having a lawyer of their own. Alton Kane is 80 years old, worked as a butcher all his life, paid his rent on time, and never had a problem with a landlord until the pandemic. She was trying to evict me for wearing, not wearing a mask. They didn't give me any forewarning or anything. They just took me to court. Kane has COPD, a medical condition that exempts him from mask use, but he had no idea how to make his case in court. I had nowhere to go. I had no money. If I had got put in the street, I would have been dead by now. Luckily, a friend told him about the Senior Law Center, which was able to represent him and won his case. Now, with some $650,000 from the city's eviction diversion program, senior law, community legal services, and other advocacy law firms will be providing representation for any income-eligible tenant in two pilot zip codes. And I'll note those two pilot zip codes are 19139 and 19121. They're hoping that this will prove a positive thing and they can expand it throughout the city. But if you live in one of those zip codes, check out the Philly Tenant hotline, phillytenant.org, or of course, see that story on our website. Just listening to that, it sounds like he sounds like he could be my grandfather. That just that that got to me. That gets to me a little bit where a gentleman like that has to go through methods like this to keep from being on the street. But at least there's actually help now for tenants who who are in that imbalance of having to fight through the courts and the system where there is an advantage toward landlords. This is great. This is what you want to see, your government in action, looking out for the people. Love that. And guys, I'm going to ride the feel-good story train here on the John Cast right out to Delaware County. A nonprofit is helping teachers get over 700 bucks with the school supplies for free, essentially. And I will say this with firsthand knowledge of being married to an educator. She spends countless time and dollars trying to find materials for her kids. Jay, Sabrina, you have educators in your family. I'm sure you can speak to this as well. We know our community impact reporter, Raquel Williams, is out there getting great stories like this. And she spoke with one of the people involved in this organization. So we started in Delaware County, in my house, out of my house, a garage. And before you knew it, we outgrew it. And people that heard about us offered space in their own garages. So the founder of this organization, her name's Raylan Harmon, who you just heard there, she started this out of her own garage and it just grew and got so many donations from a lot of offices that were kind of shutting things down during the pandemic. And a lot of office supplies are similar, what you need for school supplies And it grew to the point where they fulfilled 460 orders in a year for 220 different teachers from 32 
different schools. And these are all going to schools where at least 65% of the students are eligible for free lunch. So that's how you know these are schools that really are in need. Absolutely. The teachers pay, so it's not 100% free. They pay $35 per year. Then they get to shop for free four times per year. $35 is, you know, for all of these, for $700 worth of school supplies. That's tremendous. That is making a huge impact in those classrooms. I remember as a kid when we would go school supply shopping, my mom would have to get two sets of school supplies, one for me to go to school, and then we then we would end up having to go back to this place and buy up a bunch of them for her students because my mom taught third and fourth graders for almost 20 years, and she would end up having to buy these things in bulk coming out of pocket on her own her own dime. We're going through all this, and I had to say, is this one for me or is this one for them, just to make sure that we knew which one was which. It's... But it's, it's a shame that teachers need to do this, but it's great that this organization is doing it because teachers need all the help they can get. Hopefully there could be more things out there like that to help out teachers, especially these days coming off this pandemic and as difficult as it already is. It doesn't hurt to have more options out there to help out all these different students and these teachers throughout the Philadelphia area. Now, you can find this story and so many more of our headlines on our website, kywnewsradio.com. And another thing that helps the community grow will be urban farming. We've seen that grow a lot recently. I bet you you, you see where I was going with that one. And now grants from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are going to help them out even more. We hear more about that program coming up. You're listening to The John Cast. We'll be right back. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. Brian here. And this is the John Cast. And guys, we tease this at the top, urban farming, gardening in Philadelphia. And it's really something I miss. I used to live in Northern Liberties. My wife and I, we had a small plot on a really tiny side street, Lithgow. And yeah, we would go there. It was a place for neighbors to hang out. We grew, you know, basics like tomato, got some big cucumbers, um, those sorts of things. But uh, since I have relocated to the suburbs, yes, there's backyard space, but no, there is not a community garden right around the corner. And we know gardening is, to a certain degree, some sort of farming, but it's cool that it seems like the state is taking and putting the importance and emphasis on farming to another level. Yeah, it's especially cool because you you see so little green in the city, right? And there's all this talk about the climate effects of living amongst all these buildings and not having enough trees and and nature. And those little urban farms and community gardens are really a nice kind of oasis. Now, underscoring the value of farming and urban farming in particular is a new round of grants from the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture that just came through earlier this week. And here to tell us more about this is KYW News Radio's John McDevitt. John, welcome to the John Cast, spelled J-A-W-N and not J-O-H-N. John, how's it going? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Hi there. Jay, how are you? Hi, guys. It's good to have you on today, sir. So what did the Commonwealth have to say this week, and how will it benefit urban farming here in the Philadelphia area? Well, the Agriculture Secretary, Russell Redding, he was here. He announced the approval of $520,000 in funding for urban farmers in the Commonwealth. Investing in urban agriculture is investing in people. It's investing in communities. Uh, very, very important. And oftentimes, uh, our urban farms begin because of food disparities. 
23 project recipients uh, were awarded in the state this year. Ten urban agriculture infrastructure grants, as they call them, were awarded to farming efforts in Philadelphia and Montgomery counties. Within a community, these folks are filling a need both um, for nutrition, but they're also building capacity in these communities as well. Uh, and we know that because of overlooked issues, because of systemic beliefs that are deeply rooted in society, is that we have a chance to do what we need to do and should have done a long time ago to invest in these communities and the power that they bring. The grants range from $2,500 to $50,000. And uh, this is all part, it's a component of the Pennsylvania Farm Bill, which was established in 2019. As we know that uh, while we're all created equal, we're not treated equal. And that's a reminder to us all uh, as we work in this food food space. Now, why did the Commonwealth decide to focus on putting that much money, more than a half million dollars, into supporting urban farming? So why do they think it's so important? The bigger picture here is there was a study done in 2018. Uh, This farm bill passed in 2019, but right before then, there was a study done and it found that there was $132 billion. It was a $132 billion industry, the agriculture industry. 593,000 jobs were attached to agriculture in the state. And uh, this went from open fields, that's the obvious, right? To rooftops, Uh, hence the urban uh, component of this. Uh, And this bill uh, was passed in 2019. And it uh, basically is investing in community, investing in the urban farmer is what this particular uh, grant, what these particular grants do. Of course, this is the John cast. And one of the places that is getting $50,000 from these grants is Farmer John, which is located just outside the city in Elkins Park. Now, Krista Barfield is the founder of Farmer John. And here's what she had to say about what has inspired her to get into urban farming. I stand before you as a Philadelphia woman who started on this farming journey just four years ago. In 2018, after 10 years in healthcare and an unplanned resignation, I took a solo trip to Martinique to reset before planning the rest of my life. On the journey, agriculture found me in the farm of black farmers who just so happened to own my Airbnb. So Krista, as you just heard there, said she came across a group of black farmers at an Airbnb in Martinique. John, how does this inspire her vision for Farmer John? And what does she hope that this thing eventually becomes? Farmer John Agriculture uh, is her concept. Uh, uh, They're redefining the corner store, is what she says. And she wants to show people what farming looks like and empower them to grow their own food and to know who your farmer is, therefore giving the person power and the space to take control. This award that she has been given, a $50,000 funding grant, is to build a nano farm, a corner store, and a kitchen market to serve the local community. We all know the history of farming as it pertains to black people in America. As a direct result of those years of suffering, currently only about 2% of US farmers are black. An even smaller fraction of those farmers live in urban environments. And an even smaller percentage of that are black farmers that own successful and sustainable urban agriculture businesses. So uh, she is hoping that this will be educational 
as well as a means to build community and for uh, people in the area to have access to healthy food. That is another layer of the story is representation, being a black farmer. There are black farmers out there. And plus, we live in a city like Philadelphia where there are often places that are referred to as food deserts. So being able to have this sort of access to food that is grown in your own neighborhood certainly adds a lot to that. And it's all a part of representation. We hear more here from Krista Barfield about that. Farmer John's mission is the reintroduction of farming into the lifestyles of urban people. So as the next generations grow up and they're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? The answer will not only be athletes, musicians, clinicians, and lawyers, but farmer will join the ranks of lucrative careers worth striving for. How could this increased awareness about urban farming and support for these programs benefit the black community as well as other marginalized communities, considering how diverse of an area in a city that Philadelphia is? It's just uh, an opportunity that was basically not an opportunity for so many years. And uh, these grants are supporting urban farming and also benefiting uh, the greater community at large. And just to give a little context for anyone out there who's unfamiliar with Elkins Park, Cheltenham Township, I grew up in the township, I live here now, is that it is right up against the border of Philadelphia, and it, it truly is a melting pot of diversity. So the location here, I think, is key too, John, because yes, it's based in a suburb, and I think this is also something that suburban people could benefit from too, in this age of Wegmans and Instacarts, and let me order my whole food from Amazon, which, oh, but Whole Foods... Connected to Amazon, that doesn't necessarily seem like farm-sourced and fresh anymore. But I think it's great that both the city and the suburbs will benefit. City, the most important part, but I think it's in a really good location specific to where Farmer John is right now. Yeah, and I think environmentally, transportation costs of, of, of you know, the Wegmans and, and the Whole Foods and Giant, where they do they get their produce? And a lot of times the produce is, you know, one of the most expensive items in a shopping cart. I think uh, that also could have a uh, you know an impact on the price, even in the grand scheme of things. Uh, uh, transportation costs to markets is 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 outrageous right now. You know, you go to a grocery store and the organic section always is like a dollar more than everything else, which you know is probably like treated with pesticides and things that aren't great for you. To have local farms where you know right down the street you can get fresh, truly fresh from the farm food, ethically grown and all that stuff is really something. And John, what are some of the other organizations? We've talked about Farmer John, but what about some of the other organizations in the area that are getting money from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Yeah. So uh, in addition to Farmer John Agriculture, a $50,000 grant was also given to John Bartram Associates, uh, another Weaver's Way Cooperative Association, $31,425 grant. Kelly School Garden, a $2,500 grant, along with Cloud9 Community Farms. Uh, they also getting a $2,500 grant. So these are big projects, small projects, um, but all for the better good of putting a spotlight on urban farming and access uh, to healthy food. And State Senator Sharif Street talked about it. There are over 10,000 vacant lots uh, in Philadelphia, uh, many of which have over the years been converted into far- in the farm space. Those farms and those lots uh, can provide food to make it not only not only have people eat healthier, but to have people 
be able to be more economically secure in how they eat. All of us who talk about climate change, our carbon footprint can literally be, be impacted not only by what we eat, but by where what we eat is grown. To the extent that our food is grown closer to us and doesn't have to be transported, not only does it have more nutrients, not only is it better for us, but it's better for the planet as well. So there's so many reasons we should do this. And Senator Street was the sponsor of, of this farm bill. Uh, he knows a lot about it. In fact, something I learned <laughs> just uh, uh, by covering this is that for his dad, former uh, mayor, Philadelphia mayor, John Street, and his grandfather, uh, uh, Sharif's grandfather, were farmers. What I learned also was that we all have some sort of farming uh, in us, even if it's like preserving uh, uh, some sort of, of, of fruit. Uh, there is some sort of recognition. It, uh, agriculture is important because we all eat, right? So it, 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 that was something I learned from covering this. One thing I just thought of that's an interesting perspective I wonder, you know, there are so many people moving to cities. Obviously, urban areas are extremely heavily populated, and then you don't get as much representation of people who are out in those more rural areas. I wonder what they would think of urban farming. That would be an interesting perspective. But it also, I think, just kind of goes with the way that society is moving. I think it's good to see. I hope that those rural farms continue to exist and that we buy things from them to keep them going at the same time, it's sort of just the way that the human population is evolving, I think. John, this is one of those stories that the more we talk about it, it just kind of opens a lot of eyes. And you you tend to be that reporter who finds stories like this. What else are you working on this week? I am too, I'm working on two things, actually, that are pretty interesting. Um, I can't really say what exactly because they haven't exactly panned out yet, but I can tell you one is kind of a high-tech coping uh, way the folks in, in one certain community are coping with COVID-19 and 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 uh, worker shortages. Uh, that's all I can say at the moment about that, but uh, uh, the things that I am working on are, well, we're still in it. We're still in this darn pandemic, So and it really is affecting all of us, and uh, I am working on a couple of uh, that maybe not the common community the impact angles. Um, so I can't really say too much about that, but I'm hoping that I'm crossing my fingers, hoping they're going to pan out very shortly. Well, we don't want to give any spoilers. We'll definitely keep that on the low. John <laughs> McDevitt, thank you so much for joining us on the John cast. KYW's John McDevitt joining us here today for this edition of the John cast. Thank you so much, John. We really appreciate you. It was fun. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody. That's KYW's John McDevitt. You can find him on Twitter at JM1060 or, of course, on our website, kywnewsradio.com. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. And we'll catch you tomorrow for another edition of the John cast. Have a great Wednesday.